Let us pray. Gracious and almighty God, illuminate your word and grant us understanding that we might follow your life-giving ways and be your light in this world. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Psalter reading is Psalm 34, verses 1 through 10. Listen for the word of the Lord. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he answered me, and delivered me from all my fears. Look to him, and be radiant, so that your faces shall never be ashamed. This poor soul cried and was heard by the Lord, and was saved from every trouble. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and deliver them. O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Happy are those who take refuge in him. O oh, fear the Lord, you his holy ones, for those who fear him have no want. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning. The New Testament reading comes from 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 17 through 23. Listen again for the word of the Lord. If you invoke as father the one who judges all people impartially according to their deeds, live in reverent fear during the time of your exile. You know that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your ancestors, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without defect or blemish. He was destined before the foundation of the world but was revealed at the end of the ages for your sake. Through him you have come to trust in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are set on God. Now that you have purified your souls by your obedience to the truth, so that you have genuine mutual love, love one another deeply from the heart. You have been born anew, not of perishable, but of imperishable seed through the living and enduring word of God, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as your word is proclaimed today, we may hear what you are saying to us. Now let the words of your servant's mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Through Christ, amen. The subject this morning is reverent living. In his letter to the churches in Asia Minor, Peter sought to guard the young 
primarily Gentile Christians against the traps that could lay ahead if they were not careful. His post-resurrection message was not a warning, but a love letter. In verse 1, he identifies the churches this letter addresses. To the exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, Peter knew the challenges they could face because he had firsthand experience with the fear and had, that he had previously denied Jesus three times. The Christian journey does not come without obstacles. Peter wanted to cover this band of enthusiastic Christians against any fears, frustrations, or temptations that might hinder faithful living. As Christians, in the comforts of our Western context, we are still faced with many of life's challenges. Many in the church and churches themselves have been marginalized as irrelevant and outdated, and too many have even experienced violence and death. Christians suffer in other parts of the world in more prevalent ways. According to the Cato Institute, 360 million Christians worldwide live in places with significant persecution, being murdered, kidnapped, imprisoned, or having church buildings destroyed. With over 160 mass shootings in America since the beginning of 2023, and no area of life that seems to have been upended, it can be easy to succumb to the fears and hopelessness that consume our nation and world. Misplaced fear can suffocate faithful living. Peter's optimism flows forth through this letter like an encouraging coach to these at-risk Christians. I can hear him encouraging them by saying, brothers and sisters in Christ, put away your old life and your old fears and live into the new moment in what Christ has done for you. Peter encourages them in verse 17 by saying, live in reverent fear during the time of your exile. If they called on the Father who shows no favoritism in judging one's walk daily in life, they could be confident in God's love and judgment. Peter gave them the prime reason to trust God and to live in faith. They had been ransomed from the flaws and weakness of their ancestors, not by worldly means or even precious metals of silver and gold, but by the precious and life-saving blood of Christ. What a reminder we need today. In and through Christ, they had already won the victory over life and death through Christ's blood and now should walk in the hope of his resurrection. Peter's letter was more than an encouragement. It was a mandate for faithful living. Our actions should reflect the awe of God who will judge every person. When we fear God, we can live in hope, experience God's grace, 
and show the transcendent love of God to a broken world? Is it even possible to live in hope in a world full of fear? To live in hope, we must continually call on Jesus. There's a lot of fear today, and it is even palpable. Every day, someone talks about the devastation that is going on in the world and in our country. Fear can consume us and fill our hearts, but there is hope. Live in the reverent fear of the Lord. Reverent living is faithful living, where believers can survive and thrive with a worshipful attitude. In Jeremiah 29, verses 11 and 12, Jeremiah told those who had been in exile in Babylon to build, live, and grow their families right where they were because the Lord had plans for them to prosper and to have a future with hope. All they needed to do was call on the Lord and pray, and they would be heard. Reverent living prays fervently in the midst of the storm, knowing that God can transform any heart in any situation. Our hope is not in our wisdom, but in the one who can, the one that we can count on, who is righteous in his justice. Verse 17 says, if you invoke as father the one who judges all people impartially according to their deeds, live in reverent fear during the time of your exile. The word if is not the sense that we might call on God, but the expectation that we will call on God in our Christian walk. To be in exile in the Christian context is not to be a stranger, a wanderer, or one forced away from one's homeland, like in the Old Testament, but one who resides as a faithful believer who is a temporary resident of this world. In the newness of life, called to walk a faithful journey, we must be careful not to let the world's concerns become our concerns or the world's hopes become our hopes. We must call on Jesus. When life is good, call on Jesus. When life is bad, call on Jesus. When hope is nowhere to be found, call on Jesus. Through our faithful living, you and I can experience the liberation of Christ's work on the cross and, in, and his resurrection power. We can have hope today and tomorrow, even during difficult times, for we have been equipped for such times. We can walk in hope even during great trouble because Christ's grace trumps difficult times. Verses 18 through 20. You know that you are ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your ancestors, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious metal of Christ, like that of a lamb without defect or blemish. He was destined before the foundation of the world but was revealed at the end of the ages for your sake. If you've lived life long enough, you know that no one escapes the troubles of this life. 
But through God's grace, we are victorious in Christ. A wise retired pastor once asked me, how might we play football if we knew that we had already won the game? The tackles, mud in your face, fatigue, fumbles, and injuries wouldn't really matter if we knew in advance the final score. We would play the game with joy. We might stumble and fall in this life, but friends, even during these crazy times, the ups and downs, and even in the tragedies of life, we can walk in triumph. To be ransomed, to be ransomed is to be rescued not only away from, but out of our sin and our wafer, our wayward past, into obedience. We must know that it is in our obedience we are set free. Our adherence to reverent living is nurtured by meditating on God's word day and night, praying to God for ourselves and others who through Christ hears our prayers, trusting and believing that God is able to do far more than we can ask or imagine, and loving our neighbors as ourselves, to name a few. The grace of Christ's ransom sets us free from an empty life and those things that do not truly satisfy the human heart, authority, popularity, prestige, comfort, and other worldly pleasures and possessions. Only Christ can make our hearts complete and fulfilled. Thanks be to God, we have been freely redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus. We all know that blood is precious and necessary for life, but Jesus' blood is costly for our transformative living, and in his resurrection, we might have trust in God. The blood of Jesus is not only the pledge of our salvation, it is the cause of our calling. And we must apply the blood to ourselves which we do when we put our faith and hope in God. When we live in the reverent fear of God, we will see the beauty of Jesus' redemption and know that we are deeply blessed by such a privilege. As believers, we can be assured that we can live in hope because God has chosen us. The recipients of this letter are found in verse 2, who have been chosen and destined by God the Father and sanctified by the Spirit to be obedient to Jesus Christ and to be sprinkled with his blood. To be destined by God is to know beyond a shadow of a doubt we can live into the benefits of hope because we are his chosen. As his chosen, we are not only set apart, we are made new. In this new hope, we are called to live in holiness. Living in holiness requires us to count, come out of the useless patterns of behaviors that the world has passed down that distort the image of God. We have the ability to change. We do not have to be stuck in our old ways 
but we must come to the knowledge of Christ's love for ourselves and courageously act on it, demonstrating our desire to walk like Christ. Imitating Christ was Paul's encouragement to the believers in Corinth. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. To be chosen is not only to have a life centered on Christ or one's own devotional life, but it also calls us to build faithful communities that show mutual love and support. Our Christian posture should reflect others being one of us rather than just us, which calls the church into renewal. Wednesday night supper, the prayer team, the women's circle, the people's dinner, or any other gatherings of believers at a coffee shop or fellowshipping in the park are a few ways that the people of God can build community. It is an opportunity for an invitation and hospitality of newcomers to join in how the Spirit is moving. Reverend Living sets us apart as holy and invites believers in all times and spaces to call upon the Father who judges impartially according to each person's work when we say the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven. Reverent living should inspire us to share the good news that non-believers might experience the transcendent hope of Christ's salvation. When Peter preached on the first Pentecost Sunday to 3,000 new converts, in Acts chapter 2, verse 37, the text tells us they were cut to the heart. In times of trouble, like in our country today and around the world and in our lives, we are called to be instruments of God's grace so that others might be made new. Our baptismal covenant marks our Christian freedom where we are sealed as Christ's own by the Holy Spirit and where we are called to use our talents and gifts to serve the church and world. Like Peter, we must serve others by sharing the transcendent love of the good news of Jesus Christ with the world that is searching for love, purpose, and peace that reflects our deep love from the heart for our neighbors laced with authenticity and sincerity that reveals that God's mercy has marked us. Brothers and sisters in Christ, our Christian journey is like no other. It is a new birth that backs up the faith with works. Call upon the Father who actively judges as God governs the members of his family. Live in godly fear, not so concerned about Christ's final condemnation, but confident in the assurance that our faith leads to ultimate vindication, while along the way refining and purifying our growth in holiness. Know that you have been born anew by the enduring word of the living God. 
Philippians chapter 1 verses 12 and 13 says, Therefore, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed me, not only in my presence, but much more now in my absence, work on your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you, enabling you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Through reverent living, even when life is upside down, as his chosen, we can have divine confidence and awe in God by the power of the Holy Spirit, knowing that Jesus loves us. Amen.